In this video, we're gonna talk about Apple, which like Google and Amazon has removed the social networking app, Parler. Before that happened, there were some people who said Apple just shouldn't be hosting a platform used for planning violence and inciting sedition. Since it's happened, some people have said Apple just shouldn't be censoring platforms or infringing on the First Amendment and freedom of speech. Some are upset because they're absolutists about all this and think Apple should always or never moderate apps on the store at all. Others only seem to care one way or another when it affects their particular issue or team. Either way though, since most of us aren't using any of these terms consistently or with much of any context, and since I'm certainly not a lawyer, I figured I'd call somebody who is. Host of the Legal Eagle channel, YouTube's lawyer, Devin Stone. Yeah, well, it depends on the context because as properly understood from a political science perspective, freedom of speech is a negative right that prevents the government from infringing on your ability to express yourself or uh, that prevents the government from being able to force you to say certain things. So it's a prohibition that inures to the benefit of the citizens. And in, in this case, we're talking about the United States, but there are a lot of countries that have similar laws as well, although it's by no means absolute. Uh, and then there are more philosophical concepts in the sense of a marketplace of ideas and uh, the idea that more speech is good or sometimes content moderation is, is good. And you know, generally speaking, the, the, if we're talking about a platform or a website, what we're generally talking about is a private company. And just in the same way that if someone came to your house and you didn't like the speech that they were expressing in your house, these websites and, and platforms are allowed to kick that person off of their platform or in an individual's case, their, their house. When we're talking about freedom of speech, generally in the most basic terms, that is something that prevents the government from doing something to you, whether it is restricting your ability to say something or forcing you to say something. Uh, censorship also generally understood. And it, it often there's a colloquial meaning that does not line up with the sort of governmental meaning, but censorship is something that the government does to you. It prevents you from saying something. So it'd be the difference between the government telling Apple they could no longer host Parlay versus Google or Apple deciding on their own not to host Parlay. Right, exactly. And I don't know if it's Parlay or Parler, but... Sorry, uh, I'm in Canada, so I might be doing it wrong. Yeah. I, I don't know how they do things over there in, in Montreal. But right, yeah, the, we think of these platforms as being equivalent to a government, uh, but it's only the government that can literally imprison you, though it does certainly dovetail with the argument that some of these tech companies are uh, so large and have become large through potentially uh, unlawful or antitrust violating means that there are some monopolistic practices that one might take issue with. And there's certainly a large contingent of people that consider apps or um, the, the, the backend infrastructure of the internet to be uh, somewhat similar to like a common carrier or a utility and, and yeah. thus in, invite that kind of regulation. I, I think they're probably in the minority, but it's not an insane viewpoint to have that especially in the context of the larger net neutrality debate, which th this is not exactly the same thing, but it's in that same sort of universe as well. That seems to be 
will have a wide range of opinions too, because some people will say repeal 230 so that if you stop me from tweeting, I can sue you. Well, others say that, well, if you repeal 230, I will sue no matter what you tweet. And the same thing for net neutrality. Some people are saying if you had net neutrality now, these, you know, the, these companies wouldn't be able to discriminate against you even based on their own terms of service. So it seems even these things have multiple sides to them. Yes and no. That <laughs> that particular issue I find fascinating just because there is a lot of bad faith argumentation going on because particularly with respect to Section 230, uh, if, if you look back at what the early days of the internet looked like, uh, there were a couple of cases that date back to uh, the old CompuServe and Prodigy platforms or internet service providers, um, you know, it was really in the early days. It sort of predated AOL. It was so old. There was this issue that if you hosted uh, communications that uh, violated the law, let's say contained defamatory material, uh, well, often the user who posts that material doesn't have any money to be able to provide compensation to someone who was defamed. So what did the, uh, the, the, the plaintiff's lawyers do? Well, they, they sued the platforms that were hosting it as well. And as a result, um, the, some of the early cases said that if you host this material, then you're liable in the same way that the person who, who hosted the material would be liable. That's a recipe for disaster on the internet, because if a platform is liable for every single thing that a user posts, they're either going to engage in all kinds of moderation and have and host no one, um, or uh, they'll they'll just do no moderation at all, and it'll be nothing but uh, porn spam and and uh, you know MLM uh, marketing nonsense. So the only thing to, Section two thirty does is it says that websites and platforms are allowed to engage in moderation without affirmatively taking on the burden of uh, having notice of everything that is on their platform and being liable for it. That's a long way of saying that the people who think that Section 230 really has anything to do with this, uh, for the most part, are, are misguided. That repealing Section 230 would uh, would not have uh, stopped Twitter or Facebook or anyone else uh, from engaging in this sort of moderation or, or viewpoint discrimination, depending on, on what you want to call it. If anything, if Section 230 was repealed, then uh, these platforms would have removed these users even faster. Perhaps the ultimate irony was that Parler was as benefiting from Section 230 as Twitter was. So there also seems to be a lot of conflation or confusion about what a person is or who they are versus what they do or the actions that they partake in. For example, if if I came to visit you and we went to Denny's and they said, we're not serving Canadians, or I, you know, we went to Denny's and I was a complete jerk and they kicked me out. Uh, some people might say, you know, in the first one, clearly they're discriminating against Canadians. In the second one, they could say they're discriminating against Canadians or they're discriminating against jerks. You know, and in the third case, maybe it's it's just me. Right, exactly. I mean, let's let's take a a very clear cut case: a sign in front of the Denny's that says "No shirt, no shoes, no service." Uh, I don't think anyone would claim that Denny's cannot prevent you from eating in their restaurant if you're not wearing a shirt and you're not wearing shoes. And that is a form of discrimination. Not all discriminations are uh, illegal under the law, but for the most part in the United States, there are subsets of discrimination that we have deemed illegal because there's really no 
good faith reason to engage in discrimination on that basis. Discrimination on the basis of race, discrimination on the basis of uh, age. These are the things that we have decided as a society we're not going to tolerate. When you're talking about people making comments online, certainly there are people will disagree ideologically. Um, and some people have differences of opinion as to what constitutes harassment or what constitutes an insane conspiracy theory. But at, at the heart of it, uh, generally, these websites and platforms uh, own their platforms and they can set the terms of service. And there's a contractual relationship between the the website and the user. And generally, in those terms of service, the websites can basically choose to remove your content on any basis whatsoever. And if they decide that, uh, the speech that they are going to remove doesn't meet their standards or should be removed for some beneficial reason, then they're allowed to do that. And it's not on the basis of some uh, inviolate, innate uh, quality that you have. It's on the basis that your speech sucks and it hurts their website uh, or it hurts their bottom line and therefore they're going to get rid of it. One of the other things, you know, is like Apple famously, even more than Google, doesn't allow whole categories of content on the app store. Like there has never been a Playboy app and you can't have a Game Boy emulator app. Uh, but this is different for, I'm going to say Parler. I'm going to be indoctrinated and say Parler because they obviously belong to a category that Apple does allow, these social media apps. And the issue was, according to Apple and Google and Amazon, that Parler violated their terms of service due to their lack of content moderation. And they were given a deadline to present either the moderation or a plan to implement the moderation. And they didn't. And so they got removed for that violation. And, you know, you and I, we've seen YouTube famously, infamously take down videos, take down whole channels for terms of service violations. So is there a helpful way for people to think about how that sort of moderation or terms of service or in general works? Yeah, the most helpful way of thinking about it is they can do whatever they want whenever they want. The The option is they can show you the door and your option is to get off their platform or use their platform. And you know, look, as a as a uh, prudential matter, I'm completely in favor of uh, platforms and websites uh, creating rules that are clear, that are easy to understand, and that are generally executed in an even-handed way, uh, and especially with transparency. I think that's good for the websites, and I think that's good for the users as well. But at the end of the day, it's up to the websites to decide how they're going to implement that. And generally, they're going to write their terms of service in a way that's as broad as possible to give them maximum flexibility. Ultimately, the the biggest check on the website is uh, the users voting with their time and their dollars. And if you don't like it, that's the benefit of uh, of a free market is you are allowed to go and start your own your own company. And you know that's what Parler did. Um, it, I understand the worry that people have that uh, Amazon decided to cut off the, the services that they were using. But the, the beautiful thing about the internet is that while Amazon is a big player in the space, they're not the only player. And on top of that, um, anyone is free to set up a rack in their basement and create their own server. So if indeed uh, the, the people who started Parler uh, are committed to continuing to offer those services and the the user base is interested in also uh, continuing to use those services then the the people at parlor can start their own uh their own servers and host it themselves so you mentioned the free market 
being one of the recourses here. If you're not happy with the terms of service or how they're being implemented on one company, you can go to another company or famously, you can get all the free speech you want on your own dime. But there are other recourses, right? Like Epic famously had something not entirely similar, but entirely dissimilar where they decided to change their payment options, which were in violation of both Google Play and App Store policy. And so both Google and Apple removed Fortnite from the App Store and Epic just sued everybody. So is that another inevitable outcome of this that Parlay will sue everyone? Probably. It is America, after all. That, that's that's what we do. That's our national pastime. Interestingly, Parler's attorneys recently withdrew. So uh, even the lawyers decided that it wasn't worth it or it wasn't uh, a good idea for them to continue representing the company, uh, which is, is also particularly interesting because, as I understand it, uh, there is massive financial backing for the app um, from some ideologically driven people. Uh, so it seems like they have the resources to go forward. And it's it's telling when even the lawyers are jumping ship when the there's a, about to be a, a deluge of of very high-priced litigation. The, the, the Epic uh, case is interesting, especially as it dovetails with what the FTC is, is doing with, I believe, both Google and Facebook, which is that uh, the the regulatory bodies are looking at potential antitrust violations for a lot of the, the big players. So that was something I wanted to ask you about as well. And I'm not sure you can answer this, but I'm really interested in your opinion because Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Parler, they're all U.S. companies. So in one sense, this is relatively simple right now. But one day we could see a situation where TikTok bans a future prime minister of Canada, or we've already seen the EU say that companies shouldn't be the ones that are doing this, that governments should be doing this, and they're even going to pass laws, which will probably be just as double-edged as the cookie and privacy policies have already been, where they can start regulating at almost like a line item content level. So as all of this just go grows more and more complex, are we going to look back at this as being simpler times? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, regardless of uh, the preponderance of, of these different internet-based laws, I mean, as time goes on, the amount of regulations tends to increase. Some some consider that a good thing, some consider that a bad thing, as we talked about in terms of content moderation. Some like it, some don't. Uh, but yeah, if, uh, if, if you're tracking time on the x-axis and amount of laws on the y-axis, it, it tends to go up and to the right. As always, you can find the full extended version of this chat up on Nebula. That's the streaming video platform I'm building along with my education creator friends like Devin from Legal Legal. For a ton more analysis on Apple, click on the playlist above. I've got in-depth explainers that'll tell you everything you need to know. So just click on that playlist and I'll see you in the next video.